Welcome to the Exploring Unschooling podcast. I'm Pam Larickia, longtime unschooling mom and author. Join me and my wonderful guests for interviews, information, and inspiration about unschooling and living joyfully with your family. You can find the episode show notes, your free introductory ebook, What is Unschooling?, and lots more information at livingjoyfully.ca. And here's the show. Hello, explorers. I'm Pam Larickia, and this is episode number 152 of the podcast. It's the 28th of November, 2018, as I record this intro. This week on the podcast, I have a wonderful conversation with Vicki Benison. Vicki and her husband always unschooled their two children, who are now young adults. I met Vicki years ago, and we've stayed connected online ever since. We have a fun conversation diving into her unschooling journey, including what she found to be most challenging, the importance of being curious ourselves, what has surprised her most along the way, stretching her comfort zones, and lots more. As a personal update, things have been pretty quiet around here for the last week. We're definitely well into winter with snow staying on the ground and wind chills driving well into the negative temperatures. But the snow is bright at night and the fire in the wood stove is cozy when I hang out with Rocco in the evenings. We bottled the wine and I get to wear my comfy riding gloves. (laughs) And the week has been punctuated with fun conversations with the boys because I'm the only one with even a hint of a regular schedule. So crossing paths and chatting for a few minutes is lovely. And I'm starting to plan for the holidays and that's always fun too. As a community update, I want to thank everyone who has chosen to support my unschooling work like this podcast and my website through Patreon. I deeply appreciate all my patrons. Their generous support is vital to helping me freely share information and inspiration with anyone who's curious and wants to explore the fascinating world of unschooling. If you'd like to join my community of patrons and scoop up some great rewards along the way, check out the Exploring Unschooling page at patreon.com. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash exploring unschooling. And with that, let's get to my conversation with Vicki. Welcome, I'm Pam Larickia from livingjoyfully.ca and today I'm here with Vicki Benison. Hi, Vicki. Hi, Pam. Hi. It's good to see you. It is wonderful, wonderful to see you face to face. Just as a little introduction for people, Vicki is an unschooling mom that I met many years ago now. <laughs> many years. And we have stayed connected online ever since. Her two kids are now young adults, and I am thrilled that she agreed to share her family story with us. And to get us started, Vicki, can you share with us a bit about you and your family? Well, there are four of us, and we live here in Welland, Ontario. Um, As they've gotten older, it's more of a communal existence, so everybody pitches in where they can and where their strengths and talents are, and luckily we know each other enough to know where we should back off and let somebody else come in. Um, The kids are DJ's 25, and Jesse will be 24 next week. Wow. Okay. I'm going to jump right in there. The communal experience. I love that. 
right? Um, that is something that I'm loving at our at our place too. You know, right now, Joseph and Michael are living at home. My dad lives with us. And it is just this give and take of people, you know, looking after what they're interested mm-hmm. in, pursuing what they're interested in, like even within home and outside of the home and, and just helping out where, where, where they fit, where their strengths are, you know, and us all understanding each other enough to know, you know, we're not going to have expectations or we're not going to ask somebody <laughs> to do something that they don't like, or, you know, but everything, everything, everything flows, doesn't it? It does. It's it's just amazing. And you would think that you would get tired of each other, but with everybody's schedule, some sleeping nights and some sleeping days, and the house was already divided that way because we went downstairs because the kids were up all night and we had to get up early in the morning. And so it just is perfect. It's yeah. perfect. I love that. It it is perfect. I, I was I was talking to the kids about it recently too, you know, how how I love that atmosphere and and just just being together as you know, there there's no expectation, you know, how I in my little aha moment recently that I shared with them was, you know, as a parent of young children, I found unschooling and it made a lot of sense and I loved um the focus on relationships and it was great. And I'm like, and why did I think it would be any different as a parent of adult children? My aha was, of course, I was going to do that unconventionally as well. You know, this is awesome. This is what feels good for us. It works so well for us. And we love it. Yes, yes, definitely. And just so practical in so many ways for for them to have freedom to do what they love mm-hmm. um, instead of putting all their money into a place to live, you know, three refrigerators, three cable bills, three. It's, it's everybody helping and making everybody stronger. Yeah, you know, that was something that, that really struck me was why – you know, as part of this unconventional thing, why is it a sign of independence that you can create another household somewhere, you know, and, and then you're stuck there on your own. And, and like you said, you've got three fridges, you, you know, if you've got two kids out, exactly. You know, they, they have to have all the same things. They're there, they're, they're by themselves. You know, it's, it's different if that's, um, you know, part of their goal. Like, let's see, she moved to New York City for her. Yeah, no, it's it's career. not it's exactly. It's it, what what works well for everybody, right? For each as individuals. And I'm sure at different times, it will, when DJ was driving truck and he had a girlfriend, it was like all of a sudden I didn't see him. Yeah. You know, there wasn't a DJ. And it was like, <laughs> where did he go? And it was, <laughs> that wasn't for him either the job or the girlfriend um and he came back home it was like it was like just joyful again because there was I mean it's not like I wanted to stop him from doing that exactly but there was definitely a wonderful feeling to have him back in the house again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah no Michael Michael was off you know for a few months living closer to the city um, you know, for his work so that he could get to it easily. You know, it is, it, it's just a continuation of what makes sense for us in the moment because we always have choices, right? right and right. what's the choice that we want to make? And it's everybody helping and supporting each other to pursue their choices. <laughs> well, and the kids and the kids, I will call them kids because I don't know what else to call them. Yeah. <laughs> 
the kids, um, when DJ um, decided that that wasn't what he wanted to do, um, it was a process of I can either buy a house with my money and spend the rest of my life working for that house, or I can take a year off and use that money to live on and, and um, you know, contribute to the household. And so he knew he had that choice. He wasn't stuck in that you have to do this and you have to buy a house and you have to, you know. And also he knows that whenever we leave this world, he'll get whatever's here anyway. So. <laughs> I mentioned that to the kids too. I'm like, you might as well, you know, enjoy it now. Don't wait till I'm dead. <laughs> No, and we can, and, and that's right, we can joke about that stuff, right? Because we know each other and we've joked so long and, and it's, um, yeah, it's a comfortable experience. Yeah, it's beautiful. Okay, that was a wonderful diversion. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't know that was going to happen. <laughs> so let's jump back just a few years. And I'm curious to know what your family's move to unschooling looked like. Well, we, as far as the parenting aspects of unschooling, um, I have always had a thing about freedom and choices. So we were already listening to the kids. Um, and then it was, Dave was driving truck. We were traveling with him to keep the family, you know, together. And then people started saying, oh, when they start school, you can't do that anymore. And so they said no to Dave and Vicky, and that's never a good thing. <laughs> so um, we started exploring different things. And, you know, in our area, I didn't have a computer at the time. Like we were out in the country. There was, we didn't even have cable. Um, there wasn't a lot of information to access on this. And the only people in the area were very conservative homeschoolers. And that mm -hmm. wasn't really what I wanted to do. So I was up in the air about and then, thank you, TV, one afternoon, a Tuesday afternoon, Dave was at home, and, oh, the deities that I call the unschooling gods that looked down upon me from time <laughs> to time had decided the year DJ would have started kindergarten was the one year the provincial government did not, I mean, JK, was the one year that the provincial government canceled JK in the public schools. Ah. So it gave me a little leeway. You know, people were like, oh, you can put him in the separate school. And I don't want to switch him later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The wheels were turning. So Dave was home and he took the kids outside to build a snowman because I was listening to this program on TVO where there was a woman who was homeschooling. And as she spoke, I realized it was unschooling um, that she was talking about and how her family just did things naturally. And, and so she mentioned John Holt and she mentioned um, the Ontario Federation of Teaching Parents. And she also said that Ontario had like a curriculum that you ordered then. It wasn't online if you were interested. And because people were like, well, Vicki, what curriculum are you going to use? <laughs> yes, like, Do yes. I need one? Like seriously, they're five and six, um, um, four and five at that time. So I looked at the window at that moment, and I realized the next year DJ would be in afternoon kindergarten, Jesse would be in morning kindergarten, and Dave would hardly ever be home on the weekend because he has such an erratic schedule. So what was the point of having this family in the first place? So a snowman made the decision. A snowman. <laughs> I love that. That's perfect. <laughs> so that was, that was, you know, and then I, I guess 
we're moving on. But, you know, there's difficulties and, and trials and that that you go through because, once again, I was on my own. And mm-hmm. looking back, I think, you know, that was kind of a nice thing, too, because we we developed ourselves and, you know, our ideas in it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Well, that does lead nicely into the next question. (laughs) What did you find to be the most challenging aspect of moving to unschooling? Reading. Reading was the big one for me. Ah. You know, I always thought, oh, I learned more camping about science and stuff, and I could see all the other world. But in the woman that spoke, her kids had been in school, so they had learned to read before she took them out. Most uh, people I knew, you know, had, there was no practicality, like that I had seen a practical aspect of kids learning to read without. So I was kind of um, touchy about that one. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, until like one day I was trying to encourage it, without being forceful, which is really doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized that trying to make somebody think something that they didn't want to think was the same as trying to make somebody do something that they didn't want to do. It was just as invasive and, you know, I'm very dramatic. So I was on the abusive (laughs) and stuff. And, and so I just like stopped. I just, I just stopped right there and and that was so that was the end of that one and then later on I found the bulletin boards and you know they learned through Yu-Gi-Oh cards and wow and just whatever happened um and then the other thing I would say is um because we only had a community of very conservative homeschoolers and the kids they were in beavers and everything but they wanted to be with other kids that um didn't go to school so you know and they have very you know very curriculum and very so we were kind of hiding out you know we'd go to harry potter um at the movies and it's like you know no 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 we weren't there One day we were going to a group and I said, okay, maybe we shouldn't talk about Yu-Gi-Oh! And maybe we shouldn't talk about Simpsons. And maybe we shouldn't breathe. Like, do you guys want to go home? So, so, you know, we sort of untied ourselves from that over several years. And But that is, it's a very strong influence when you're the only person who is doing things a certain way and everybody Mm -hmm. else. Because how do you explain that? Like, how do you explain that your kids are, you know, when they tell the other kids, oh, we were up till two o'clock, you know, or whatever, those kind of things make it complicated. So your own voices. Yeah, no, that's a, are both your kids reading now? (laughs) I think so. Was that a mean question? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, people stop asking after, you know, they bug them and bug them until they get to be about 12 and they can bug back. And then they just, it was just the most surprising thing to me. Like, it's like, and then people stop asking them what they know because I guess they don't want to hear it. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, they are both, they are both reading <laughs> and, and, and functioning. Um, <laughs> So that's otherwise, how could they text or message? <laughs> like seriously, where would be? Um, yeah, that's the thing. That's the thing. Dave's a caller, and we're all texters because, like, you don't know if you're in babies, you know. 
but yeah, yeah, they both can read and they do so well. And actually DJ uh, has been very into, he's been like, you know, in, into political things and stuff. So he's been downloading like 19th century literature on the French revolution and, <clears throat> you know, reading a tale of two cities. And so, yeah, reading's not an issue. <laughs> Pamela. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. But I do hear you on the connecting, you know, um, I think once my kids weren't so interested in doing well, they went to school um, for a few years, right? So they did have that experience. Um, so it, it, they were a little bit older, probably before they were interested in doing like, um, Beavers and those girl guides and and dance, you know, whatever their their interests were. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that was more fodder for conversation about how we lived differently and how we um, our relationships, parent child relationships, were different, you know. Um, and and we did end up going. We ended up going to the states for conferences. A number of times just so that they could see that there were not not so that they could see but that was when they just they realized oh yes well, it really was so they could see doing this. <laughs> <laughs> was, yeah they just want to know that they're not you know um and that that's part of why I you know started started the conference too and you came there that's where I first met you right yeah I missed the first year and I have absolutely no idea how I did that I was just going to the Toronto unschooling conference where have I been and <laughs> <laughs> so it was like desperation, like guys, oh, I found one in Toronto. So, um, so yeah, that was that was pretty exciting when when that came up because it was like, oh, we go, and it and it was you know one place you didn't have to answer those questions, and I realized that those questions you know aren't always like. I think I probably went through a fundamental unschooling phase <laughs> where I would get angry. There was like this little tiny angry phase. And um, you just felt that every question was an attack. But they're yeah. not. It's, you know, people are quite often interested. So so you there's yeah, there's there's a lot of taking yourself out of mainstream has a learning curve. Mm. And it's natural. Not yeah. for us, not for the kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's such a great, such a great point, right? They, they, they already know how to, you know, live and be themselves, right? We've, we've absorbed so much ourselves growing up that it's a, it is a big deschooling process. You don't realize how ingrained, how far into our psyche and just our, our expectations, like how we think the world works we're actually informed by that system, right? It's so interesting to dig into and, and tease that piece out, isn't it? Well, like, well, just recently in the news, Canada has legalized marijuana and um, the my kids do not partake, but everybody just automatically assumes that they do because they're so calm at work. <laughs> so DJ's always like, well, you know, it's not a political belief. Like I just, he goes, we're coffee people. We need to focus. That's what we need. You know, escape is what we do naturally. Um, <laughs> but, but it's just, and, and that was one of the things it's just like, are you guys really that much calmer than other people? Um, and they're like, yeah, like everybody, because they just, they don't have that, um, 
that need to, I mean, they work hard. I'm always being asked, you know, do you have more at home? No. <laughs> You've taken two of my kids. You're not getting more. But, <laughs> they, they don't have that same sense of doing something wrong. Doing, you know, I, I think that's half the anger in the world right now is that people are so, I don't want to be wrong right? Because making a mistake is a big red X. Um, so I, I think that might be part of it, but then we're digressing again. Yeah, no, no. And that's great. That's great. <laughs> um, and I, I think that is a really great observation because it's true, you know, especially as my kids were um, teens and they started working out and about in the world. Those were, even when they were engaging in activities, and I would chat with the other adults that they were engaging with, and and they noticed a difference. You know, oh, they, they yeah. truly did that calmness. That you know, um, I remember one when Lissy worked at the thrift store. Somebody came up to me, and she's like, "She just does stuff." You know, yes, yes. Wait to be told what to do, and then, like you said, worry about doing it right or wrong. Waiting to be judged, they're just like going to try it, and and if somebody suggests they do, you know, in a, a different way or another way, or or just says, you know, do do this too or whatever, you know, they just that's just more information. It's not a yeah, it's not personal. Yeah, exactly. It's not personal. They take it in and. And they, they move forward, you know, the way it works for them. That's, that's such a, a great observation. That's something that, that I've had feedback on as well, that there is fundamentally kind of a, a difference in just the way they engage with the world in general. Yeah, yeah and exactly. <laughs> All right, let's jump over to Dave from your perspective, <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really want my perspective of Dave? <laughs> no, his journey to unschooling. I better get that in there. <laughs> okay. Dave was born to unschool, I believe. Like he came into our relationship saying, you don't have to do that. You want to do it, right? <laughs> if I were to you know, the ultimate um, unmatched socks man. And so in those ways, <clears throat> he was he was very rude ready to do that yeah um uh, there were like some things um because the collector like because he was on the road during the weeks we had like all this freedom to like make crafts and not pick them up you know and and on yeah. friday i would just do a quick swift to get rid of the clutter and one day he called to come home on like surprising us and i'm like you can't <laughs> he's like He's like, um, what do you mean I can't come to my home? Megan, like, I didn't clean up. He's like, I can handle it. I'm like, you're not man enough to handle this, buddy. <laughs> so so um, there was a little in the issue of that because he is a collector, and so you want to take care of your stuff so it remains valuable, and it's just all. And I remember the one day. He had decided, I just stayed out of it because, you know, you can't, this his relationship. And he decided that DJ needed to clean up his room. And so he tried the garbage bag with the toys trick. And then I look upstairs and I see my five-year-old with his arms crossed at the top of the stairs, a giant Yoda shirt saying, I will not be blackmailed. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, he just turned around and quit. And I was trying really hard not to be 
make it obvious that I was laughing my head off. <laughs> so, so we kind of got over those things. And um, he was working as a road knight at the time. So he would go to schools and talk to the kids about this and that. And he would go to the kindergarten classes and say, you know, they're not doing anything different. Our kids were really. And then he would go to the high school classes to talk about, you know, job opportunities and stuff. And he said, they don't talk. They just stare at me. They just, it's like, you know, and I'm not saying every high school student is like that or putting yeah, yeah. down the system, but, um, but it, it just, he did not see that back and forth that he had expected to get in that kind of thing. So all of those things were, were positive. It was never a big, um, it, it was more when one of us lost faith, the other one would have it and vice versa. So, you know, it, it went back and forth that way. And like I said, at the beginning with everything, I was sort of like, what am I doing? And it was, um, it was actually, I left a book in the bathroom. <laughs> he came out and said, I think it's unschooling all the way. So, you know, <laughs> it just like it, unschooling has always just been naturally, um, our lives. You can't, I don't think you can separate the two. You have to go all out with this or, you know, so mm. it, it was yeah. just living life. Yeah, no, that's a great point. That's a great point. It really, it, it, it works really well when, when it's not a separate thing, you know, because mm -hmm. fundamentally mm -hmm. that's, <laughs> I used to remember when I used to write a lot of blog posts and I, I would always end up by the end say, unschooling is life, you know? <laughs> yeah. You're doing it. It's not. It's it's not a separate entity. It can't. It. I mean, maybe it couldn't be for us. That would be. It's just. Yeah, yeah. Be, it's just. Yeah. So intertwined with with the relationship, you don't even end up looking for the. It doesn't become about the learning. You know. No. After, no. Yeah. Exactly. It it just becomes about living life and relationships with each other, right? Day to day. That's yep. Oh, well, but next question, speaking of learning, <laughs> as you watched your kids in action, what kinds of things did you discover got in the way of that, of their learning? Um, me? No. <laughs> Making things too big, I think. Um, you know, I get excited about things and about ideas and, and you know, sometimes it was just a little too much. So, I mean, that saved all of this. I would say my first rule of unschooling was always listen to the kids because it was, mom, why do you make everything so big? Yeah. <laughs> the terminology. So, you know, when, when they would say that, or I would not to do. Um, DJ brought up when he came home from work the other day, I was thinking about that question and it asked him, he brought up because when he was like about 16, 17, you know, that, that little bit of angst, he, he questioned what he know, knew compared to other people. And, and I kept, you know, maybe a wise person in the household said, just because they're supposed to learn all that doesn't mean they learn all that, but in his, they knew all that. Mm -hmm. So there was, he, so he's like, he said, any comparing, like comparing is so comparing, <laughs> <laughs> no, to the other ways of learning is going to um, cause it damage because you can't, you can't parallel. You have to say, this is what we're doing and this is, you know, how it is. That being said, um, and his recent, he is, he is so happy that he unschooled. He can't imagine that his life, all his beliefs 
systems, you know, would turn to that. He would be appalled if he was um, brought up any other way. So they're both really, really happy and do not at 24, we'll say in 25, do not see um, any negativities to having been in school. But, you know, at 17, you're going to go to the world. And I don't care who you are. You're going to have some angst about mm -hmm. the whole growing up thing. Yeah, no, that's that's a great point. And two things I want to bring up. So, yes, and and it's their journey to take, right? Like we can yes. – or we can't – it's not about convincing them or, or anything, right? You can have conversations with them, answer questions, validate what they're feeling and thinking because it's real and it's true, and but it's still – their their journey to take and it's that detachment you know even if you know whatever came out of it for them it's still part of the journey and and you know things change over the years it, it's not ours to live for them right no we made we made a choice and yeah. we made a choice that's why it's so important to believe and have faith in that choice because we made a choice we know why we made that choice and it may be something that they're not even aware of yet so it's not an argument it's just yeah. knowing confidently because if you start to feel bad you're going to get um, cranky so mm -hmm. about the whole thing so it's just having faith and staying cool and this is what I decided to do and if I messed up you know there's a million people that were messed up so you can go on Oprah or <laughs> you can do something about it but I know I wasn't that sensitive but, um, yeah. but it, it's true so uh, but yeah and the other piece of what you mentioned earlier here I'm trying to think oh making things big right because when we do that that's so often that's when all of a sudden we we make it about us right as soon as we take some <laughs> little something that they're interested in and we're like oh let's run with that all of a sudden it becomes us about us and and our interest and we've kind of taken it over and taken it away from them and one thing i learned over the years when i was able to um catch myself and not do that in my mind i still know where i would have taken it right and i discovered that so often they took it different places and so much more interesting that's how my world grew because my world was always just the way i saw things right oh my gosh the world is so much bigger than than the way i saw things happening was that your experience well, yeah they they had a way of doing things in their own and and if you look you know i really want a computer like iron man and the avengers <laughs> If you take, if you take all of those, I was thinking, it's just amazing how every little detail ends up being who they are now. <laughs> like it's, 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 it's like this whole, this whole story unfolded and I can see if that had changed or that I really, okay, point of opinion. I really think that nature overrides nurture because I have two a year apart who lived exactly the same lives and are completely different. I mean, they have some yep. similarities, but they are so different in their outlook. So if you, if, so they came into the world a certain way and then they experimented all along the way and now they're back to being who they came in. Like I can see so much of that. So our big things are just their tiny experiments. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> right? Uh, they know they yeah. know where they're headed. Yeah, no, I love that. And that is it it is so amazing to look back each of them. Like you said, they they were born, they all grew up in the same family in the same environment and they grew into themselves because we weren't they didn't grow into little little mini us's, right? If we had taken those paths that we saw ahead for them and coaxed yeah. them to take our paths, they would not, you know, discover who they who they are and and they see every, you know, the different situations, the different things, they're different experiences. There we are. The different experiences that we we all experienced together, but they all took different things of from them because it connected to who they are as as an individual. And you can see, oh, that's why that part of that thing was interesting to them, right? You can see that individual in there and and it's just brilliant. But you need to give that space and that freedom and the support to help them and allow them to do that, right? Well, I was thinking this morning, as, uh-huh. like to demonstrate that um, when DJ was little, and we wanted to put ambient music or whatever on at dinner table, he would say no. <laughs> it was just no. Yeah, we were a little bummed, but we said okay, kid. <laughs> and then as he got older, you know, when during the time they wanted to go to church, and when it was time for the kids to sing at the front, he would never sing. So I would say, why aren't you singing? And he said, they're brainwashing. So you would think that he didn't like music. But then on one of those nights where they were busy doing their thing and I was going to have to entertain myself, I decided to sneak into the basement and turn on the Phantom of the Opera songs and <laughs> sing at the top of my voice. So I heard, I heard steps coming down and stop and then steps running back and the stairway and I thought, oh, I'm really that bad. But whoever was there brought the other one back. And then we talked about whether it was a book or not, because anything that's a movie or a play must have yeah. been a book. For us. And then he said, mom, come and listen to the halo music with me. Do you feel that? And, and then the next step was he decided to level up in life instead of wow. So he killed off his character Arawak while I was sleeping at night. And I woke up the next morning and the music that he played on the video as Arawak died was I was like in tears. It was so emotional. So then mm-hmm. uh, finally, you know, and then he's making ambiance music with the nature and you can hear all his aspects of life if you know him in the music. So it wasn't that he didn't like music. It was that he wasn't ready for the emotions that he felt from the music. He was so into it that it was just too much. Right. <laughs> now if, if we had like forced him to sing, forced him to listen to the music, you know, if I hadn't been singing the Phantom, um, we, <laughs> I wouldn't understand that at this point in time. But that is his form of communication in a house of many forms. But when his dog passed away after 17 years, he immediately wrote a song. And he was like, I don't know why I'm doing that. And I'm like, well, I can hear you running in the woods with him. I can hear you. You know, so... So it is important to let them n- not listen to ambient music and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I have to share <laughs> a little uh, background music story from yesterday. So I came home, Rocco had music on. He was busy doing something, so he had background music on. 
Um, and and he he's known for many years that I'm not big on background music. He's never really quite understood why. I think we got a little bit closer yesterday because that he had a song that was on, and I said, "Oh, that reminds me of this." And the next song came on, and I said, "Oh, when I was you know dancing as a teenager, this was a song I had to dance to, and it was my red." My, you know, if you've ever seen the picture, I said to him with the red leotard and the skirt, that was this song. And then the next song came on. I said, oh, that reminds me of this. And I said, every one of those songs react, you know, brings up an emotion for me. I said, this is why I don't have background music on. <laughs> and I think it clicked for him. <laughs> It, it it is it is very emotional for some people, and like I said, we all communicate different ways. We all receive information different ways, and I think that's one of the things that helps us live together when we get that about each other. Yeah, exactly. And and like he's he's even if you don't understand, like back then, you didn't really understand why he was saying no to this background mm-hmm. music, but it's respecting his wish for that, that he has a reason inside, even if he can't explain it to you. Um, you know, there's no need to pester. Sure. It's a curious question at first, you know, Whoa, why not? You know, but even if they can't explain it to respect it, because you know what, eventually someday you're probably going to figure that out. Exactly. And it, yet it still doesn't matter if you do, it's, it's about knowing each other and respecting each other's needs in those moments. Right. Right, right. He, you know, Jesse didn't always respect him. But, but, you know, it's just like, this is a DJ thing and we just go with it. So, you know, there were Jesse things, things, mom things. It, um. Yeah, and especially, I was going to say when, you know, when the kids left school and came home, uh, certainly a lot that first year or two was a lot about learning about each other. And, and, you know, because the kids did want to do different things, you mm-hmm. know. So it was, it was not about stopping someone. It was about finding ways that they could all do what they wanted without interfering with each other. So it was little conversations as I was talking to one of them said, you know, so-and-so doesn't, doesn't like this, you know, maybe because of that, or if I knew I'd explain why, and you want to do this, you know, let's figure out a way where you can both. You know, so it was a lot of that kind of stuff. Like, certainly, we don't all just live together in harmony, you know, no, from the get-go. Because no. we're all individuals, right? <laughs> and it's, and, and what I finally realized is when people see peace, you know, you think about how you want to live in harmony. And you see that white room with the curtains flying. And, and, um, and you know, no, it comes from it comes from chaos because that's where the growth comes in understanding. So chaos is actually the definition of peace. And it, it takes you a while to really to really get that. But when you do, it's like. This is why, you know, for years, I told people, just excuse things, we're in transition. And then I realized we were always in transition (laughs) because we were always growing. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't stop. So the minute, you know, you you get in that room with the the curtains blowing, um, it's not blowing in anything new. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. You know what? And that just reminded me, I have, have a talk. That I um, that I wrote. It's called a family of individuals, and it's about how family harmony 
because get along with your brother, get along with your sister, you know, we're a family, you need to get along and you want family harmony as your goal. But to get to that space is actually all about respecting and, and, and helping each other as individuals, right? And under, because then there's not that power struggle. Everybody's got the power to be themselves and we're just figuring out how we kind of all in that chaos live together because it looks like chaos from the outside, right? Yeah, no. <clears throat> well, it's but, like but people it's will ask, and people will ask, what re- religion are you? And they're referring to all four of us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, um, is it Tuesday? Like, <laughs> This is this is what I am today. So it, yeah, it's, it's it's starting to take down the institutions, and I mean it's not taking down, but questioning every single thing. And you do ultimately question the institution of family and what that means and what you want it to mean to you. Mm-hmm. And and so that just becomes a natural a natural step. Yeah, and that that circles back to right how we started out this call, right? Just continuing to question that even when you don't have children, you know, per se, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Questioning how we define and how we want to um, move forward as a family. Well, because they're going to have relationships, they're going to have children, they're mm-hmm. going to have, and my concept of, you know, when in doubt, just keep your mouth shut. Um, <laughs> just, it's still the best philosophy. It gets harder, I think, many years. <laughs> So often I found when, uh, when I managed to do that, it was usually that I, if I was in doubt, it was usually because I was missing some piece of information, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It really was yeah. about. No. It's, 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 you don't have all the facts and it's so easy because it isn't out of, you know, love. It's out of wanting to help them or mm-hmm. not wanting, I guess not wanting them to be hurt has been one of my biggest, um, biggest things you know, to cause difficulty. To cause, yeah, you know, because <laughs> it's true, you, you do, but yet when you look back and, and, you know, it comes back to that, that chaos piece again. So peace and learning comes out of the chaos and into the chaos, there is, there can be hurt, right? Those kinds of situations yeah. are where chaos also lies and where we, so much growth and learning and peace and self-awareness comes out of, right? But yeah, it's hard. <laughs> we'll just leave it there. It's hard. <laughs> um, I think one of the challenges for parents as they move to unschooling, and this was something that was challenging for me and amazing for me in the end, is reawakening our own curiosity and wonder about the world. So I was one, you know, yeah, from going to, you know, I'm an adult, I I know everything now, right? Everything that I need to know. And that's, that's the persona I need to wear, you know, because we grew up feeling judged for not knowing things, right? No, exactly. Was that something uh, that that you found? Is that something that you found helpful for unschooling, Uh that shift? I'm not sure that Dave and I ever grew up in the first place. <laughs> I mean, 
you have to remember that I met him because at 28, I decided that if I was ever going to leave town in the middle of the night down a dark highway and be like James Dean, I had to do it then. Okay, so, <laughs> so um, and that's how I met him. And, and so we did really like just enjoy um, finding new things. You know, we were never the club dancers kind of people. We were like the museum yeah. type of people and how does that work? Um, but so he definitely much more, I mean, somebody has to take care of the paperwork. So um, there, I, I would, but working in daycare had really helped that and had worked with teenagers managing the restaurant. So I had always worked with kids and been with kids. So mm -hmm. I had, I had that um, perspective. It wasn't it wasn't one of those hardest things, but it is so important. And and I still didn't figure out if Sandra had said this or John Holt, but prejudice of anything stops learning. And so, allowing other having a passion of your own and allowing other people's passions, regardless of whether. Um, you know, I, I can't say anything because that will show my prejudice, but, but <laughs> for example, <laughs> I when the kids were born that because we are their creators and therefore in definition, ultimately they're gods, right? Like if you keep going with that. So I, anything that we like decide, they're going to think whether we make them or not, you know, to a degree. So I decided I would not have a religion right i would mm -hmm. so that they would feel free to choose whatever religion they wanted to have and so if you take that backwards if you if you are say specifically one thing without wanting them to learn about other things it all all the myths and everything lead to more learning and once again you don't know what they're looking for yeah. in it right so it's the same with different books you know different types of music different countries it just so you can't let what you like and don't like mess things up. And that brings a lack of curiosity, right? When, when we're told this is a good thing and this is a bad thing. But definitely, definitely um, having passion for things and the kids seeing that, seeing, I'm not saying don't have interest because they need to see that you have interest. Yeah, yeah. So, seeing yeah, that you like that example. You're just, you're, yeah. You're curious about the world and and finding answers to your questions. They they're seeing it in action. I think that helps with the with the idea that this is a lifelong thing, right? You know, it's it's lifelong learning. This is just how we engage with the world. It helps get rid or not develop in our children's case the idea that learning is different for children and adults. Right? That, that yeah, kids, no. kids need to learn things and be curious about things, but adults don't need to. No, this is a human thing. This is the way we're choosing to live our lives together. And it makes life worthwhile. I mean, definitely unschooling, you know, people would say, you know, what are the kids learning? And I'm like, forget the kids. Let me tell you what I learned. <laughs> you know, so you much about them. <laughs> I just got a whole lot to say here. Um, it's so much about relationships and so much about learning itself and just having, I mean, I once said to someone, because they were taught, they were saying our life looked fun. And let's face it, people get sick here and cranky and everything. It's not like always yeah. um, perfect. But I said, well, once you have food on the table and a roof over your head, what else are you working for? And he was like, that's just so profound. <laughs> like, no, 
It's just like, you know, I'm going to go to the movies tonight. <laughs> I have to justify that. No. Um, but but it, it's just not the way, you know, fun, because we come back to that intelligence is cynicism, right? Mm-hmm. If, you, if you don't, you know, if you're not crying, you don't see the problem and therefore you are part of it. And it doesn't help to be that way. So it, it, it is, it is a fun way to live once you get the hang of it and understand how much the kids learn by, um, and you in turn learn um, by interacting with each other. Because I wouldn't know what steampunk was. You know, I wouldn't know. <laughs> so, um, there's so much, they've been such a source of information and now they're growing up. I told them the other day, I'm gonna have to get some more like teens and kids. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> My information source is drying up. <laughs> but I absolutely, that was one of the things that I just loved about this lifestyle, how much bigger my world grew because of them, right? And, and wanting them to, well, I think this is probably a good time to bring up Stick to the Story, which is not a plug, but it's my Go, 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 go. Okay, so when the kids were about 15 or 16, um, Dave started making staffs, and that grew in. I started writing stories for the staffs, which all had to be individual because everybody has their own journey, um, <laughs> wherever that came from. And, um, and so it started, and Jesse wanted to have, we had gone to the Pagan Festival the year before, and Jesse wanted to have a stand. So because Jesse wanted to have a stand there, we pushed to have a stand. And then that grew into medieval festivals. The people there were like, well, you got to go try this festival. And, and, you know, that grew into costume making, and that grew into comic cons, and Jesse having a place to sell her art, and DJ playing the flute for little fairies and then that led to meeting um, celebrities and then doing interviews with celebrities. So like this one thing, because our children wanted to do this one thing has grown into so much and such a creative outlet. It is the Benison's creative outlet. Like, you know, we'll do that through stick to the story. And because we are, you know, such fans of stories books, watching, listening. Um, it It's just, you know, sort of in the title of <laughs> yeah. who we are. And none of this, and we're having a ball. Like on Saturday, um, Dave was doing um, Hamilton Comic Con and Big Bird was there. And of course, because of Time Team, Dave had to have a hat with a feather in it. And Jesse was with him helping to film. And Big Bird actually like motioned him over out of nowhere and um, put one of his feathers in his hat. So that, <laughs> that for me was like one of the biggest things ever because, you know, big bird, childlike, um, innocent, yeah. um, and everybody thinks it's not all that intelligent. It's like the perfect symbol of what we, what is useful to be as a grown up in unschooling. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. And in, get you, you never know where things can grow and connect. I guess that's where the trust piece comes in. But, you know, eventually things have grown in curious and interesting ways enough times that, like you said, you'll just jump in. Jesse wanted to have a table. So, you know, we figure out a way to do that. And we we do it with gusto. You know, we just dive in and see what happens. 
And afterwards, people, of course, ask you, did you make any money? And we were like, were we supposed <laughs> <laughs> You know, and I was thinking, if the kids learn, just learn that, I shouldn't use, if the kids see that <laughs> if you paint a stick and carve it and write a few stories and you can sell them, then they will see that they can do anything. So this um, has brought so many ideas and also such a great place for them to meet different people and to be able to talk to people about different things. Um, to see that as, as far as artists go, that even people who have been in a TV show are still out there trying to sell their CDs and make a living. That people who have famous comic characters out there are still trying to sell their posters to make a living. Like it's, it's an actual working thing and everybody's, everybody's basic so it, it and a lot of I mean even at our the first um, unschooling conference that we went to there was a gentleman who had left accounting to be a blacksmith and I always remember that so yeah no they weren't going to grow up to be mathematicians um, I, <laughs> but, um, for us I mean I think the DNA works to a certain degree as far as interest in that may go so yeah yeah no that's a that's a great point you know, <laughs> that's part of discovering who they are and what connects with them and what there's. I, I did interview um, uh, somebody who grew up unschooling and discovered a love for math. And he's now yeah. studying math at university. So, you know, it is. It's the person as an individual and what they discover they enjoy along the way. Right. And there was something um, <clears throat> that I forget where I saw it this week, but it's. Even as adults, our lives have different stages, phases, whatever you want to call you know, we, we all continue learning and our life takes turns even as adults. So, you know, it's, it's amazing and it's wonderful to support them as they twist and turn through things because they gain experience that it's okay to say, this isn't working, this driving trucks isn't working for me anymore. Yeah. I'm going to, it's okay for me to leave that <clears throat> and find a new path, you know, decide which way I want to turn now. And that was one of the things that I found really useful was because as adults, we go through different sections. So we, we leave the world of being a mom with kids that need taking care of at home. Mm -hmm. So they were turning 17 and 16 at the same time as I was going into this new world. So we were all starting something new and anxious about what we were going to do next in a degree because unfortunately I still had that, you know, it would go away for pop, but as the kids started getting more independent, I still had that I am not legitimately working. <laughs> and yeah, like yeah. it was one of my holding on hangups. So, um, so, you know, when you can see that you're all going through the same thing, it also helps to understand what they're going through. Yeah. Yeah. And it's that realization that cause so often that it's, that's humans like that, that this is something that humans go through that we question ourselves that we, um, and, and it's, it's all part of our growth. And it just helps us relate to our kids so much more to be able to see from their perspective and realize, you know, oh, that connects to the way I've been feeling about this or that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to realize that this is, this is, you know, a human thing. It's not a kid thing. It's not a grown-up thing. This is something that we all 
experience at some point, right? Yeah, I don't think there are lots of dividers as far as yeah. I think people fool themselves about kids not going through, you know, things. It's not as innocent as they portray it to be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Okay, so what surprised you most about how unschooling unfolded in your lives? Um, the easiness. Like okay. once you get over the things, it's not it's it's easy. How all encompassing it is because it is your life. Like if everybody your kid <clears throat> kid is friends with online has gone to a 24-hour Walmart and picked up the latest edition. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And you're in Canada in a rural area and Walmart opens at seven and there was an ice storm last night. You are scraping those windows. Okay. <laughs> it's not because they're making you. I mean, just because that's your warrior aspect of. Oh, I love that. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, um, it is, it takes up time and I would sometimes look and think, you know, the, they do the curriculum and then they stop. But we're always on. Like, you know, mom, come and watch this show. Mom, over here. You know, I remember once CJ waking me up before coffee, before we had the computer, and just staring at me saying, Are eggs, are worms born from eggs or are they born from worms? <laughs> <laughs> but you are. You are always on and you are always in. And in turn, that just gives you so much back like I the adult children I have it's not what I pictured having as we pointed out before I pictured as having as adult kids right because mm -hmm. you know we have all our individual hangups with parenting and stuff but they're just so in there and help you know helpful and just I don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right well now let's go back just a little bit as they were growing up, was there ever an interest or activity that one of them wanted to do that kind of stretched your comfort zone? And I was just curious about how you worked through that. Organized sports. Organized sports. Is the thing ah, that that's serious. I will be showing my prejudice. But Jesse wanted a uniform more than anything the one year. So probably around seven. And then DJ thought, well, if Jesse's doing it, around eight. And we did it. I mean, of course... I had to, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and, and so, um, they, you know, the vision of being on a sports team, because, you know, at seven and eight, it, the vision of being the sports team was not what they expected it to be. So Jess actually had an accent that, um, skinned like her finger. So that was it. She was not a pain girl, like the system. And DJ made it to the, to the end of that year. But once again, that was one of those things that Dave was ecstatic because he came from a sports family. But then as he was there seeing things from his new perspective and, you know, sometimes how the kids are talked to or whatever, he sort of, you know, went the right way which was my way so so we we went through it and we lived through it and we won't talk about how it messed up like because we had to be at practices and we had to be at so we lost a lot of freedom but we did and it was a learning experience and and part of their learning experience so you know if they didn't if they wanted to do something that I didn't want them to do um you know unless I mean we pretty much did it because it was their lives right so so basically, that's kind of how you work through it is, is just realizing this was, you know, their life to live yeah. and I'm going to support it, you know, even if it's not 
my favorite yeah, I, thing, but yeah, I always, I always knew, um, I was going to support it. Um, I also always knew that G Dave would hear a lot of grumbling. About that. <laughs> but, but it is, and they have to learn. Um, as, as far as a specific activity, I remember one time Jesse wanted to go to a Y dance and her friend, her mother had pulled her from school, so she really wanted to be in school. And there was going to be some of her school friends at the dance. So just taking that computer, I was like, Jesse, you're going to get ditched at the dance. Like, because she's going to go, you know, use you as her mom to go there. And so, no, Jesse didn't care. And, and um, she went, and, and, and I sh once again, I should have kept my mouth shut. But as <laughs> she went. And um, it happened, and she walked in the door, and she said, you know, I know it happened, Mom, but maybe I just wanted to see if I could deal with it. So yeah. they know their learning lessons and what they want, and, um, and yeah. Yeah, I think that's something that um, generally or conventionally, we don't, we don't think a lot of kids' abilities that they're capable of these things that they can that they think to that level that self-awareness you know and that wanting to stretch that's another thing that people think you know if if, you, if we didn't make kids do things they would do nothing it, it's not <laughs> that's the farthest thing from from the truth from reality right i mean when you see kids if they look at their kids and they're not forcing them to do something and they're like vegging out it's because they need that vegging out time just to recover from all the pushing that's been happening on them exactly right? and because they don't have freedom to make choices yeah I mean, even in king arthur the whole answer is that people need choices. Mm -hmm. And this is what drives me crazy when I have to stay off of Facebook. Because <laughs> it's always, if people aren't made to work, they're not going to work. And they're not, and I'm just thinking, I'm sitting here looking at prime examples of how, I mean, we never told them they had to work. We never told DJ Ed to go, like go from having, sitting in front of a computer to driving a transport truck by himself across North America in like two months. You know, none of this was forced. It was because they chose to do it. And if society in general was happy, there would be a lot more of that going on. I don't, you know, so I get mad at the memes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> get mad at the memes. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's so obvious in our kids that that's not true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, let's circle back just a little bit because we've touched on this. But um, as your kids have become young adults, uh, how has your definition of success as a parent changed since you began your unschooling journey? Well, when we first decided to do this. One of the things I said to myself was, I don't care if they sell jewelry on the beach made from shells, as long as they're happy and they can support themselves. And what's turned out is we are selling art with shells, but um, <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're happy. And I mean, I know that DJ said he was happy the other day when he was talking about unschooling. So they are generally happy. I think my idea of happiness has, has changed. You know, it's not a euphoric, you know, 24 hour thing that you see when you're, it's, it's knowing that where your food is going to come from or what's going, you know, there's not a lot of that just dropping in. 
And, and when it does drop in, it's usually something good or you have the strength to deal with it because you haven't been worrying and stressed out and everything. So still want them to be happy. Think we succeeded in general, um, but happiness is, is a lot of things besides what we think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I love that. And, and I, I mean, I found that too, that definition of, you know, I mean, my definition of parenting before I had kids was so very conventional, right? Because that's what every, that was the goal. That's what everybody was trying to achieve. And yet through unschooling, as you talked about before, I came to question so many institutions and, and so much of the conventional wisdom, you know, like why, why is that so important? What are people getting out of that? Who would I be if I got there, you know, and, and, and questioning myself so much about, okay, you know, so I did that path, you know, what did I learn from it? What do I remember about it? You know, how do I feel about this? Why is this successful? You know, just every question under the sun. And, and it, it did, it comes down to happiness and not in that just, you know, Oh, look, I have a donut or, you know, you know what I mean? Just <laughs> Although that would make me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> not that artificial, you know, happiness of, of things of the moment, but yes, I, I guess I use the word kind of joy. It, it's, it's a feeling of, of being capable Right? Of, right, of right. knowing that I can um, make my way through whatever situation comes up in my life. That's that kind of soul, soulful level of joy in that I'm in control. I'm making choices in my life. These are my choices to make. I'm also taking responsibility for those choices because they're mine. And I'm seeing and how they play out, right? That's... um. This, taking the responsibility for the choices is the most important aspect and actually the most happiest aspect because you can make things happen. I was actually even reading something in Celtic mythology the other day and they said that um, the first step to magic is taking responsibility for your life, right? Because then things are going to start to happen. I know they're not magical, but like I said, big bird, like, you know, you yeah. put yourself in certain places, certain things are going to happen that appear to be magical. Yeah, so, no, that's a great way. You know, I've heard we've described unschooling as as magical. There are these moments when you're when you're making choices and you're letting them play out and you're paying attention and seeing what happens. Magical things seem to happen with a, a wonderful frequency, don't they? Yeah, it, it definitely. And you, you sit back with the camera zooming in moment thinking, did that really just happen? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it does become sort of surreal because there doesn't seem to be a push or a shove to it. And yet things happen more frequently and in, in almost a straighter, I mean, I don't care about straight lines, but I almost think you do take a straighter line, like less detours. Yeah, no, that's a great point. When, when you have that self-awareness and you're making those choices, you're making the best choice for you in that moment right? With, with what you know, et cetera. But that's the thing. You're not taking that step because you think that's the next step you're supposed to take. You're literally, you know, evaluating that next step based on 
how you feel, what you know, what the circumstances are, what your goals are. And you're just so much more apt to take that next best step for you. It's, it's more likely to be a great step. And like you said, that means you're your line is straighter. I've never really thought of it that way, but it's really true. When you are free to take those steps, you are taking uh, the best steps for you and which are likely to be the straightest line to the goal that you're trying to accomplish, right? Whether you know what it is or not, you don't have to figure out what that goal is because as you narrow down your choices, it's going to that's right, because you just take that next step and you see where it leads, right? It's like, oh, yeah, this is where I want to be. <laughs> That's wonderful. Okay, question number 10. Looking back, what has been the most valuable outcome from choosing unschooling, do you think? Just um, And once again, we get, <laughs> we get that it's unschooling different than life, but yeah. um, us, us just everything that we are um we are the ability to communicate understand that people communicate differently um understanding my husband better because i know his kids and i can see him in them uh I, the kids having a better relationship with their dad and then i just i i said in the thing i cannot imagine how our lives would be without it. And, you know, just to think that if it hadn't, if there hadn't been that snowman day or to think like how easily that might have slipped away from us is just, it's just too, you know, we won't, this stuff of nightmares because I cannot sit here and imagine our life at all without unschooling. I would never ever um, put them in school. I would, you know, if they chose to do that, that would be different, but I'm very, very happy with the way things have turned out. Oh, wow. That's, that's a wonderful way to wrap this up here. I want to thank you so, so much for taking the time to speak with me, Vicki. I so appreciate it. And oh, no, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it gets me about the, away from the memes. <laughs> <laughs> Kept you busy for an hour. <laughs> And before we go, where's the best place for people to connect with you online and find Stick to the Story? Okay, they can, um, well, Stick to the Story is on Facebook. Uh-huh. Stick to, the number two, the story is on Twitter. Stick to the, to the story, the words is on um, Instagram. And if you want to talk to me directly about unschooling or anything, um, it would be benisonvictoria at gmail.com or... Victoria Young Benison on Facebook. Oh, awesome. I will put all the links for that in the show notes. And thanks again, Vicki. I had such a great yeah. time chatting with you. <laughs> it was fun. We'll, yep. we'll have to, you know, someday we may have to meet for coffee. coffee. We, we, we may have to do that. <laughs> Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for listening. I hope you found it helpful. You might also like the backlist episodes at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash podcast. While you're there, be sure to check out the Tuck Talks. For six years, I hosted the Toronto Unschooling Conference. It was an amazing experience and I loved meeting many wonderful unschooling families. Though I no longer host the conference, the unschooling insights shared by the amazing speakers over the years are timeless. You can listen to all 25 talks for free on my website at livingjoyfully.ca forward slash conference. 
Until next time, have fun living and learning with your family.